Welcome to Peace Teachings Podcast, where we explore, cultivate, and celebrate our spiritual nature together. I'm Jennifer Norton. And I'm Paola Castro, and it is our joy to bring to you this wisdom teachings. Have you ever wanted to feel more embodied, a deeper sense of embodiment? In other words, sometimes we feel disconnected from ourselves, from our emotions, and from our bodies. And in that state, we begin to notice that perhaps we'd like to be a bit more present with ourselves, you know, more in tune with our intuition and, and even to heal our bodies and to heal our lives. And so today's interview is all about this. It's about self-embodiment. And we're going to meet our guest in just a moment where we will learn, with whom we will learn about the power of coming home to self. And so without further ado, Here's today's episode. So welcome everyone to Peace Teachings Podcast. Today we have a beautiful guest. Her name is Cynthia Ambris, and we like to call her Reverend Cynthia. Um, and I would like to begin introducing this beautiful woman because um, her bio, it's pretty pretty impressive pretty beautiful and it says Cynthia Ambris is committed to guiding people in fulfilling their greatest destiny as a counselor coach agape minister energy coach facilitator author and speaker she has immersed herself in the study and practice of universal laws and spiritual principles she holds degrees as a new thought minister from the Michael Bernard Beckwith School of Ministry is a licensed spiritual counselor to the Agape International Spiritual Center, and it is a master certified trainer of the Energy Coast through Mortar Institute. And it continues. She has worked with and learned from world-renowned spiritual teachers, including Dr. Reverend Michael Beckwith, Dr. Sue Mortar, and many others. Additionally, Cynthia offers seekers a safe space to go deeper on their individual path of self-discovery and healing. This is true. She guides individuals in learning about and cultivating tools that lead to self-empowerment. Cynthia's commitment to her clients and to all those who cross her path is to hold them in a sacred container as they awaken to their own inner greatness. Wow, welcome, Cynthia. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. I'm like, I want to meet that person too. <laughs> oh, I've met her. She's amazing. <laughs> Thank you both so much. It's my pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's so beautiful to have you here. And um, we were discussing before starting this interview, um, our favorite qualities of you. And every time I think about you, Reverend Cynthia, I um, the qualities of grace and wisdom come to my mind you're so graceful and so wise every time you speak uh, you speak with poise and just a gentleness that I really admire oh thank you Paula yes and the qualities that come to me when I bring you into my consciousness and meet you there oh unconditional love 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 and the power that is unconditional love. You are mighty. You're a mighty lover, a mighty teacher. Uh, and you're just so very compassionate and wonderful. 
it's really, really a privilege to, to have this opportunity to introduce you to our listeners and to share a, an individual that we both just, we just love you so much mm -hmm. and to share you with our loved ones and our community. So it's, it's an honor to call you friend. Oh, thank you. I feel incredibly blessed to have had my path, my journey cross with yours as well. So thank you. Yes. Oh, thank you. And so talking about your path, um, we would love to know a little bit of how you came to be on this path. Uh, if you can tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how it all started. My goodness. Um, and it's funny because it, I would, I would be tempted to say that it began in 2012 when I arrived at Agape. But when I, when I scanned my life, it's apparent, right. That it's, that the path was there from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of the ways that that I used as a marker to indicate that that is the case was when I was five years old, I had been introduced to various religions at that point. My my mom was Catholic. My, her sister was Seventh-day Adventist. My my friends across the street from me were, were Baptist. My best friend at school was Jehovah Witness. And I and my my question was who where is God in which church is God, right? Um, and I remember I was spending the weekend at my aunt's house in Oxnard in Ventura. And all night long, I kept seeing an image on the wall. And I would rub my eyes to make sure I wasn't asleep. And the image was of Mary on the right. There was a serpent on the left. And in the middle was Yeshua. And then Yeshua's face kept changing with mine all night long. And I would I would hide under the blankets and then I would come up and I would look and it was still there. And then I would turn away and it was still there. And so in the morning when we got up, because it was Saturday and that's when they went to church on Saturdays, my aunt asked me, she said, what was going on with you last night? Because we all slept in the same room. And uh, I told her what it was that I had had seen. And so when we got to church, um, she told her pastor about what I had shared with her. And I could tell that there was a look of concern on their face. I don't know what they thought. <laughs> mm. yeah. And at that point in time, I thought that the serpent represented uh, the devil. That's yeah. all I had been mm -hmm. exposed to so far. And it wasn't until recently, as I started diving into energy, uh, embodiment, and all of that, that I realized um, that the serpent has represented kundalini energy for many, many years, yeah. right? And so I used to think I had a 50-50 chance of being good or bad, but that's mm -hmm. what that dream meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, back and in the day, a serpent is, yeah, the devil, it's it's bad juju <laughs> <laughs> right so i used to think i could i could walk the path i thought it meant you know i could walk the path of evil uh or walk the path with mary was what i thought it meant when in reality i think what it meant was that so long as i so long as i stay on the path of awakening what's what's possible is what jesus was pointing to for all of us that he wasn't the exception but the example of mm -hmm. how to awaken to higher levels of consciousness and the truth yeah. So I want to say that that's probably where it really started. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, of course, you know, there were there were many years of where it seemed like it wasn't in focus. It wasn't. Um, so it wasn't until I was 38 um, when I really dove in, when I arrived at Agape. Um, and I and for years, I had been receiving movies from a, a company called Spiritual Cinema Circle. And I would get a spiritual DVD or CD DVD at the time once a month. Um, and they would have three, usually three films on it. Um, and in 2007, I, I got a DVD and it showed me uh, like a documentary of um, this church. And I had never seen a church quite like it. It had a choir and the choir was dressed in the colors of the chakras. And, and it was, they sang so beautifully and it showed this man with long, with long braids and this beautiful woman with long braids and the music was amazing. And I used to think I would have, I would love to go to that church. And I, I imagined that it was someplace far, far away. <laughs> and it wasn't until like 2011 that I replayed that DVD. And I realized that they were in Culver City and I was in Long Beach, which, which was only 45 minutes away. Wow. But it took all of those years. Mm. Um, and that, and then it was about to hit 2012. It's New Year's Eve. And I wanted to start the year off differently. So instead of like doing a big party, being hung over the next day kind of thing, my brother and my sister-in-law and I decided that we were going to get a good night's rest. And then we were going to do a hike in the morning to start the year off. Right. And so we good went idea. on this hike, right? We're out in nature. And my brother says, sister, I've been wanting to go to church, but I'm not drawn to the Christian church. I'm not drawn to the Catholic church. And I thought, you know what? I know of the perfect place. I've been wanting to go to this place called the Gothic. So the following Sunday we went and when I walked in, it was like having a, uh, like a deja vu because when I was 23, I was stopped at a train track and this lady, this wise lady had just told me that not to get frustrated with delays, but to see them as blessings. So while I'm waiting for the train to pass, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to relax. It's a blessing. And I had this, this visual pop up at the time I was 23, but I saw myself like in my 40s, standing on a pulpit with the clear podium and purple carpet. And so when I walked through the doors of Agape and I saw the purple carpet and the podium, I started crying uncontrollably. Because wow. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God. So then we just went to go sit down and I didn't know that they did what they do at Agape when they say, we know who you really are. Right? Everybody raises their hands and they, they infuse you with love. So it was me, my sister-in-law, and then my brother. And they started to do that. And the man sitting in front of my brother turned around to look at him and started saying all these beautiful words to my brother and my sister-in-law and I are like in, in disbelief. We're like, what is happening? <laughs> Is this real? Right. 
And and it's like I could I didn't look at my sister-in-law directly, but I could see the tears coming down her face as and and my face was soaked. And my brother was like a puddle. Right. And so um I feel like my brother walked me home. He didn't mm. stay with me at Agape, mm. but it was almost like he said, Here she is, I'm leaving her with you. Wow. And then I just kept kept on and kept on. But that's pretty much how it starts. Thank you. Oh, oh how beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing that with us. There's so many jewels in there. I'm inspired to share a joke with you two and with our listeners. I'll do my best. Uh, so an individual uh, is facing a flood in their town. The whole town evacuates. There's a flood coming. And the individual says, no, no, I'm good. I'll stay here. God will take care of me. Okay. So <laughs> you're laughing. I know you've both heard this before. <laughs> so, it, you know, the storm progresses and uh, the waters rise and the individual now is up on their roof and neighbors come by with canoe and say, hey, listen, uh, the, no sign of stopping. Get in the canoe. Uh, we're going to, you know, get out of here. No, no, I'm good. God will take care of me. Maybe a raft floats by, another opportunity. I, I'm good. God's going God's to gonna take care of me. Inevitably, the helicopter comes with the you know, ladder. Hey, <laughs> grab the ladder. The rain is not stopping anytime soon. We got to come on. The fellow says, no, no, I'm good. Thanks. Um, God's going to take care of everything. So the individual transitions and inevitably it finds themselves faced with their, their maker. Uh, and uh, the individual says, well, wait a minute, God, here, I trusted you. I thought you were going to look out for me. And God says, I sent you the weather report. I sent you the canoe. I told you I get, there was a helicopter, you know. <laughs> I love spirit because it never forces itself upon us and yet is ever, ever there, just ever there awaiting that turn. The beautiful thing is that spirit loves us so much that it, it it's so persistent, right? In us realizing the truth that we are loved. Um, and it and it will not stop until we arrive at that conclusion. Yeah. Your brother was what a beautiful story of a messenger. Mm -hmm. Angelo. Right. And, and he wasn't quite ready um, to like have a big shift in his life. But I love that he brought that he took me and dropped me off kind of, you know, while he went about his life. <laughs> he came with the, the, the proper question at the perfect moment. Sister, mm -hmm. I'm looking for a spiritual community. I'm looking for something that will nourish my spirit. Can you help me? And knowing right. Reverend Cynthia, the answer to that is I sure can. <laughs> well, as a matter of fact. <laughs> right. And it's beautiful an because and over the years, right, like he's he would show up at Agape to support me, like when I would do a talk at the healing and revealing service at night on Sundays. Um, and then I think one day one year for his birthday, I gave him uh, Reverend Michael's Universal Principles class. Uh, so he attended that. Uh so it's it's been a, it's been such a beautiful journey. 
And I, so when I was reading your bio, um, you, you've studied energy codes, your ministry from agape. I mean, it sounds that there's a, the well of wisdom and knowledge within you, uh, which I assume that you are a beautiful, diligent, disciplined, hungry seeker, <laughs> which <laughs> I relate to that. And I know our listeners too. So tell us a little bit how you, um, when you, so you arrived at Agape at 2012. And then after that, how did you um, decide to go into all of these directions with uh, energy work and all of that? And and also, I want to add something. It sounds that at a very young age, you were already very a sensitive being because you were seeing through mm -hmm. the veil. Yes. Um, so when when I arrived at Agape, it was 2012. And I believe that a few months into my having been there, um, and maybe, I'm not sure if it was 2012 or 2011, um, but not long after I got there, he, Reverend Michael was traveling. So he asked Dr. Sue Mortar to come and give the talk that Sunday. And I remember at the time I was still very new, right? And I was, I was shifting my focus in my life. Um, so I had a date because I was single at the time scheduled for after church. So my priority had become church, but I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I was still disengaging from like the old lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm sitting outside after service because Dr. Sue is now going to do a workshop after, after the service. And, and then I realized I didn't understand a lot of what she had said during, during her talk, but it was, it had landed in my heart. So I was sitting outside and I was debating whether to go on this date or to stay for the workshop. And then I, I contacted the guy that I had the date with, um, and, and he canceled. So I was like, oh, okay, I don't even have to decide. I'll just stay. So I stayed for her workshop. And she, and I really have to say that I didn't understand it with my mind. But something else was happening. So I think it was in 2016, fast forward to 2016, when we were in ministerial studies, just beginning ministerial studies. And they brought Dr. Sue in to teach us a weekend intensive. And that's where I was sold. Again, I wasn't understanding a lot, but she was talking about embodiment, how to get into our bodies. Um, she was talking about how everything is energy. And for many years, I used to have a recurring dream. I used to live in downtown Los Angeles. I used to work in downtown Los Angeles in the middle of all the high rises at this point. And a lot of the streets in downtown are one ways in opposite direction. The recurring dream was I would see myself in my car and my car was going in reverse through the streets of, of LA. Um, and I was trying to navigate by looking in the rear view mirror. <laughs> it was horrible. Wow. How symbolic too. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. So, and it always, so here in the physical, I, for many years felt like I was trying to drive this vehicle from somewhere up here. I knew I wasn't in the car, like I was somewhere on the on the roof of the car. And there's so many like little things that happen that are like this. Somewhere before 2016, just before 2016, I met with uh, Siwara's father, Wachan. 
and had him do a healing ceremony. He facilitated a healing ceremony for me. I shared with him at the time that I had gotten hit by a car when I was 12. And he said that at that time, my soul popped out of my body and it had not come back in because the soul knew that the body was about to die. Mm. So that's another story in and of itself, that experience. So I, but I believe that probably from the time that I was 12 years old, I wasn't living in my body. Mm. Um, and I didn't realize the importance of that. Um, so when I, when I heard Dr. Sue talk about the importance of embodiment, like things started to click, right? So I was like, okay, how do I get in my body? So she was talking, teaching us uh, how to central channel breathe. And at that moment, I realized that I had only been breathing like this since I was 12, like only up to here, right? Because of the impact of the car, the car had hit me at the level of the solar plexus mm -hmm. when I was 12, that my breath never went beyond my lungs. And she explained how when we shallow breathe, fight or flight gets turned on or stays on and it can, and it doesn't get turned off until we breathe beyond that portion of the lungs. And so the body can't go into homeostasis, into regeneration, until the fight or flight gets turned off. All these things started making sense to me as far as um, perhaps there were explanations for why I was feeling the way I was feeling. And I had, and I had had an autoimmune condition since 2002 and it had not yet been able to heal, mm -hmm. right? All of these things that were like, I'm going to try this because I've been on a healing journey for a long time. Um, so that weekend that they brought Dr. Sue to the program to teach us, she was offering her, her level one introductory at a ridiculous price, like under $200. Um, and I tried to call my boyfriend, Jesse, who had just moved in with me. Uh, at home to tell him how wonderful this woman was and that I was signing up and, and I wanted to know if he wanted to sign up as well. And he said, yeah, sign me up. So not long after that, we went to her level one. Again, I didn't understand a whole lot. Uh, but one thing that she talked about was something called the bus stop conversation. And she said, right, yes. that that this is where we hang out at the heavenly bus stop before we come to earth. And we're dialoguing with other individuals about what it is that we want to accomplish when we come here to this beautiful planet. And she was talking about how some of us sign up for a level 10 forgiveness experience. Some of us sign up for uh, wanting to be able to access compassion more easily, wanting to know what it means to be truly unconditionally loving, uh, wanting to know what it means to have, to be so embodied in my heart and in my solar plexus that I get to show up lovingly powerful in this world, right? Without any possibility of abuse of power uh, because I am embodied. So I've just like everything that this woman said. <laughs> Would like resonated yeah. everything, everything. And one thing that Reverend Michael said early on in my arrival, as I'm standing like at the back of the sanctuary, sanctuary listening to him, he said, What do you want your health for anyway? And I had never thought about that question. And I'm sitting there and I go, He's right. 
I'm like, I go to work, I come home, watch TV, have dinner, go to sleep, do it all over again. What do I want my health for? And at the time, um, I used to just make enough money to pay my mortgage, my car, my insurance, buy groceries, and then have a little bit of money left over every month. So, and so he said, what do you want your health for? Take the class. Don't say, I didn't warn you. <laughs> and so <laughs> I went home and I canceled my cable because that was $200 a month. Mm, and and that's yeah. how much classes were back then. And so I signed up for my first class. Um, so it's like all of these little, all these beautiful, profound characters in my bus stop, right? Um, so to start to think, these have not all been a random set of experiences that happened for no reason. Um, I started thinking, it's like, oh my God, is it possible there has been some order to my life? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's in divine perfect order unfolding. Yeah. And there was a piece you said there that, you know, you were hit by a car when you were 12 and then you kind of left your body. And what came through me is that so many people go through these experiences, sometimes is um, trauma through abuse, either emotional, physical abuse, it could be uh, a life crisis like divorce or, or things that happen in our life, mostly in our childhood that um, make us disassociate from our bodies. And I've spoken to, to many of my clients and, and that's that's something that they're experiencing. So I, I would love to for us to go back to that piece to, of embodiment. And what can you tell us? Why is it important to come back to our bodies and how can people notice, you know, kind of self-assess if they are disassociated from their body, kind of kind of like what are the symptoms and how do we come back I know I'm, I'm giving a lot of questions here but uh why is it important how do I know if I'm disassociated and how do I come back so for me when I when I scan my history my way of thinking for so long I used to think because the body had been so so badly broken in that accident um they didn't think I was going to walk again but thank goodness for the resiliency of a 12-year-old that said, they have no idea who I am. No one's going to stop me from playing with my friends. <laughs> so so I, I just didn't allow it into my consciousness, whatever they were thinking. Um, but what I did notice was that over the years, um, I almost, I felt like I lived from the waist up. I never acknowledged my body from the waist down. And it, and it was almost like I used to wish, like, if it wasn't for this body, I would be okay. Um, like, I, I didn't acknowledge it. I didn't appreciate it. Um, and so, and look, think of it this way. Picture, picture yourself as a tree. And the tree has roots that are, that, that go into the earth. And it has branches that go into the heavens. And it gets nourished from both above and below, right? And that's the way we're designed to be nourished as well, from above and below. But when I'm not in my body, it's like I'm a tree and I pull up my root system and I refuse to allow myself to be nourished. Mm -hmm. And then the body, the tree starts to die and dry. So as we start to come into the body, it's like everything 
starts to relax and go where it needs to go. And then I allow myself to be nourished by Mother Earth, right? Because she's always giving off a frequency, a magnetic um, vibration. And then I'm when I'm fully in my body and all of my chakras, I'm living in all of my chakra systems. It's like they become a bridge between heaven and earth. And the energy gets to pour in through this system and all the way through and come back up. So is it any wonder that my body started to wither when I wasn't in here? Right? Because Dr. Sue says that there, that everything heals in the presence of our own higher self. Mm. But if I wasn't even allowing my higher self to come into my body, and it was always somewhere up here trying to get my attention through all of my experiences, and this body kept getting weaker and sicker, is it any surprise? When, when the whole goal is to have mind, body, spirit working together as a team, right? Um, not disowning my body, not rejecting my body for not being perfect according to societal standards. Um, this body loves me so much that it shows up for me day after day, whether I give it what it needs or I don't, right? Um, and the mind, because because my, my higher self, my own I am presence, hasn't been living in this house the mind thought it had to do it all on its own mm. and so when when the rest of me which is like that image that's behind me on the wall when the rest of me starts coming into this body through the breath work um, and other embodiment exercises then the body says thank god you're here i've been trying to do this on my on my own like it recognizes that the higher self, that the soul is in charge and that the mind and the body are here to serve the soul. And then healing, right? Mm. So then healing can begin to happen. And so if there's whatever it is that's showing up, whether it's a diagnosis, a condition, a bankruptcy, a divorce, um, the invitation is not to view it as a problem but to view it as as the solution right there are no there are no problems there are just invitations for us to awaken to something that has not yet been realized mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. want to say that again <laughs> write that down <laughs> worth repeating it's like yeah like you know the divorce uh the argument with mom um to not being able to find a job, you name it. There's nothing that we go through on this human experience that's truly a problem, but a, a scenario that was designed to awaken us to the truth of our magnificence of our, right? Because Reverend Michael says, we all have gifts and talents that we're, that we're meant to share. Um, and until we, we do that. That's part of our soul mission here on earth, right? Is to, to share the gifts that we came to share. Then life is going to continue because it loves you so much and it's not going to let you stay asleep. It wants you to wake up to the truth. There is another way to do this thing. It does not have to be painful. It does not have to be hard. It can be ease and grace and creativity, creativity uh, and co-creation with God uh, on a regular basis. You know, in the mornings I get up and I'm like, God, what do you want to do to, through me today? Mm. <laughs> yes. 
So all of those things, Paula, would be indicators of not being in our bodies. All of the the human um, dilemma. Mm -hmm. And how how do we um, how do we start slowly coming back to to our bodies? So so the first the first step, the foundation for it all, is something called central channel breathing with the four anchor points engaged. And um, do you, have you seen, I don't know if they have these in Costa Rica, uh, but here in the US, they have these little, um, like these little plastic things that have like a fan tied to the bottom. And then the, the thing starts waving around mm -hmm. at tax time. Yeah. Right. Yes. Okay. So I feel like that's kind of like the soul. And as we're bringing it into the body, we tether it at the base, at the root chakra, right? So it might be doing this at first. So when you squeeze the muscle that you would squeeze like to do a Kegel exercise or or what you would have to squeeze in order to stop your urine midstream if somebody was knocking on the door and you wanted to be quiet. <laughs> so that's the first one, right? When you engage that, you instantly tether the sole at the base of the spine, which is that chakra one. And then the second way to, to snap it in, to put its seatbelt on inside of this channel um, is to open up your shoulder blades like this because that instantly opens up the heart and then it snaps like the soul into place at that level. Mm. And the, the third one is at the throat chakra and the way to, to engage it here is to simply bring your chin back slightly. So that's the third one. And the fourth one is you close your eyes and you look at the center of the forehead looking up and that's the fourth one. So now we're saying to the higher self, I'm ready for you to come fully home. This is your vehicle. Come into this channel. And so now we're going to take a breath in from two feet above our head. And we're going to breathe through our nose the entire time. So we're going to breathe in from two feet above our head into our heart. And then we're going to exhale through the soles of the feet, two feet into the earth. And you want to make your breath uh, pronounced. She, Dr. Sue calls it the Darth Vader breath. So as we're breathing, it's almost going to sound like a light snore. So we're going to breathe up from two feet in the earth into the heart. Exhaling through the crown. And then breathing in from overhead into the heart. Exhaling through the soles of the feet into the earth. So it's almost like a gurgling in the back of the throat that causes the sound. And then one more time. And so just by simply doing a couple of these breaths, the central channel breath with the four anchor points engaged starts to delineate the central channel that's actually located within the physical body. And it's me saying to the rest of me, my own I am presence, 
I'm ready for you to come fully into this channel. And imagine, right? It's like how that can be healing on a cellular level, on a physical level, on an emotional level, on a mental level, on a spiritual level. When, when Reverend Michael wrote the book, The Answer Is You, all those years ago, he was so right. All we've ever been waiting for is the rest of us. Yeah. That's beautiful. You want to say something, Jen? Truly, truly beautiful. Thank you for that central channel breathing. I know I benefited from it, and I'm sure our listeners are as well benefiting from it. That's portable, it's practical, it's doable. Um, and I thank you for that. I'm wondering, Cynthia, if you don't mind, Paula, I'm gonna I'm just gonna ask a question about embodiment. As you told your story, um, I heard this collection of sacred yeses, if you don't mind me describing it that way, just a series of yeses that began to avalanche to the point of, of just, you know, okay, I can't deny this anymore. <laughs> I can feel the yes in the body. I can feel when I'm in an environment that is good for me. I can feel when I want to be here in this place. I can feel when I'm, when my soul is in my body or um, and I don't want to put words into your mouth. I want to, I want to speak to the yeses that came before, uh, before you knew how to describe them as this. The, the, the thing that, you know, that feeling of deja vu, the, the purple carpet in a, in, a, in a physical way to describe what does your sacred yes feel like? Um, mm. if, if you could describe it for us so our listeners know what they're feeling for. Uh, not that all sacred yeses are the same, but what's your experience been? And sometimes they show up as a big old fight with God. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I was a stubborn person, but <laughs> turns out I have been a little bit because there, there are. So first of all, by you doing, by us doing the central channel breath on a regular basis, we start to inhabit each of the chakras. The chakras are energy centers um, that give us access to levels of our own consciousness and awareness, right? So the root chakra lets me know that I belong here. So for any of those, any of you that have felt like you're, you're, you felt out of place in your family, you felt out of place here on the planet, you start doing this kind of breath work while you're engaging the root chakra by, by doing mula bandha, by squeezing that muscle and you tether your soul, your I am presence at the root chakra, you start to feel like I belong here. This is my gig, right? When we're doing that breath work, we're, then we're moving into chakra two, which gives me access to my wisdom and my creativity. And then we're moving into chakra three, which gives, gives me access to my power. And the solar plexus is known as the place of having the power of a thousand suns. So imagine accessing that level of power. Right, chakra four is unconditional love, unity consciousness. Chakra five, which a lot of people don't know, is referred to as the manifester as well as the throat chakra. Um, so this is how we speak our experience into existence. So being very mindful of how you use your words. Um, in the beginning, you know, was the big bang, boom. And then matter came into form. This is your own version of your own big bang. 
Mm. Boom. Mm. What are you doing? What are you speaking into existence? Mm. Right? <laughs> and then <laughs> like that. <laughs> like that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right? So sometimes we're we're using it to put ourselves down. And it's mm. like, no, you are very powerful. You are here as co-creator. What do you want to experience? Um, the third eye, right? Central channel breathing, still we're we're moving into the third eye. So this is like divine inspiration. Right. And then the crown opens up at the top, connects us to, to spirit. Um, and then we actually have two more chakras above the crown. There's eight, which is the life purpose, two feet above your head, and two feet above that. So four feet above your head is chakra nine, which is your soul purpose. And then two feet below you, where I'm having you breathe into, when I say breathe two feet into the earth, is chakra 10. And chakra 10 is where you have everything that you need to fulfill your legacy in this lifetime. And to, to arrive at your own Christ consciousness, Buddha consciousness. So when we're doing the central channel breathing and we're going into chakra 10, um, you're, you're going into the overnight bag that you brought with you in this incarnation to, to, to assist you with everything that you need to do in this lifetime. Right? So everything that you need is at chakra 10. And chakra 10 is like this 40-foot circle. Um, that's always two feet below you, whether you're sitting, you're standing, you're lying down, you're walking, and it follows you everywhere that you go. So when we're breathing, or if you have something super important that you want to do, um, and you're feeling a little unsteady, you do the central candle breath and you drop into chakra 10 and you access what you need and you bring it up. Um, and then there's another one, there's chakra 11, uh, which is in the hands and the feet. And that is your electric body. And that um, is in charge of how you translate the energies that are constantly coming in. And then chakra 12 is like this oval shaped egg that's around us. And that is like the last frontier where spirit is coming into physical form. So you're accessing you uh, before you're condensed into physical matter. Um, so we work with all of that. Um, but you were saying how, this is how I started to be able to access my yeses and my nose was by coming into my body and feeling into my, my choices and my decisions, no longer necessarily thinking and analyzing things, but coming into my central channel and instantly my gut or my heart tells me, yes, this sounds really good. This mm -hmm. is for you. Or it will tell me, no. <laughs> or it would tell me, um, it feels like, a, it feels good, but maybe not right now kind of thing, right? But I have to come into my body to access my yeses and my noes. Um, so that's how I've learned to, to work with it now. Um, but at times when there have been, like even just like canceling cable, right? Way back then before I knew about embodiment. Yeah. My soul instantly knew that it wanted, it wanted that, what he was talking about. Yet I was terrified. I, I was um, introverted, very introverted at the time. So anytime people looked at me, um, I would start sweating, right? And everybody I got there was so friendly and wanted to hug you. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and look at you, right? <laughs> 
And I'm like, tell me, tell me, tell me. Um, so much trauma and, and stuff that needed to heal. Mm -hmm. So it took everything. It took a lot of courage for me not to drive home after work and instead drive in the opposite direction to take myself to class. Um, and I and I would sit in class. And it was with Reverend John Elliott. It was Transcendent Masters. And they were talking about um, people I had never heard of. All, all the characters in New Thought didn't know who they were. They were talking about Aknaughton, didn't know who he was. And the whole time I was in class, I would stare down at my feet for six weeks. Um, until one day Willard, who had sat next to me for six weeks, said, he's the first person I think who talked to me or who got my attention. And he said, Cindy, he goes, your shoes are nice and all, but are they really that, that nice? <laughs> are they that interesting <laughs> we became fast friends right and we and we did every single class together through prereq even through practitioner study um so another example would be like when it was time to sign up for ministerial school I didn't want to do it because it was going to require public speaking, right? And I was still very, very shy. Um, and so I was on a mountain in Sedona celebrating Jesse's birthday. We were doing a hike and these, these thunderous clouds rolled in and Jesse didn't know that I was having this internal struggle inside. Um, but I was telling God, I'm not going to do it. I refuse to do it. I'm already a practitioner. I'm already serving. I know. No. <laughs> thank you, but no, thank you, God. <laughs> I'm so funny. This isn't an argument because I'm not doing it. Right. So, <laughs> so, so this this hike was supposed to be an hour and a half up, an hour and a half down, and somehow I got us lost, and we were up there for six hours in the middle of a thunderstorm, and the whole time I'm arguing with God. I'm not. I'm like, I refuse. I refuse. And then we finally get back to our car. We go to bed, Reverend Michael shows up in the dream, and he says, as you walk, you will heal. And I, and I told you guys I had been on a healing journey all these years, right, for the autoimmune condition. And I was like, you're telling me that to heal, I have to do that? And then when I woke up in the morning, um, my hip had gone out of place because we had been on the mountain for so long, right? Um, so we come, we come home, I fill out the application, I turn it in, my hip goes back into place. Mm. And I and I used to think I wasn't stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> well, that argument was settled. So now, thank God, I'm like, I, I tell God I'm a blanket, yes. Whatever you want to do for me. And make it easy for me. Okay. Mm. I'm like, okay, the resistance is mostly gone. Um, I feel into my body for my yeses and my noes. Um, and and it's just a beautiful, beautiful experience now. Right. Mm. And it doesn't mean that there aren't going to be challenging times ahead. That that I'm still not gonna go through things that are gonna grow me in some way. 
Um, but but being coming home to myself, being able to access the bigger version of me, even in moments that are scary and challenging, I could trust in that. Mm. Right? Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you for feeling a big yes uh, and coming to our podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for thank you, for, thank you Spirit, for that being a yes because you has you have given us so much today, so much wisdom in each thing that you. I want to re-listen to this and take notes. Really, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so much wisdom. <laughs> Yeah. And, and the last thing that I would leave you guys with or your listeners with is another practice that has been so transformative for me. And it's so simple, right? When there, when there are parts of me, when there's a version of me that's showing up who's afraid, when there's a version of me who's confused, who doesn't know what to do, the version of me that feels sad, the, the knee-jerk reaction is to push that aspect of ourselves a way to not accept that part of us that's showing up because it's it's not the way that we want to experience ourselves but nothing could be further from the truth so the invitation is can I love the version of me who's here right now who's afraid can I love the part of me that is sad can I even love the part of me that's stubborn and arduous with God sometimes right and, and like grab her and bring her into the fold, bring her into my heart and stay with her until the emotions dissipate because everything is energy, right? And somehow I feel like I've, I've left Cynthia along the way, different versions of her. And it's almost like as she shows up as these different aspects of me and I'm bringing more of myself to myself, uh, total acceptance, rejecting no part of me, I get to experience my wholeness. So beautiful. I can't think of anything more delicious, delicious. and magnificent. <laughs> Bringing myself back to me. Yes. Oh. Right. Complete self-acceptance, no matter how we're showing up at any stage of the game. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, beautifully said. Yeah, so I know that whoever is listening as myself, and I don't know if this is 100%, but I can feel it in my body <laughs> that uh, I would love to know more. I would love to learn more from you. Yeah. So there's something really great coming up. Would you tell us what's coming up for you, uh, Reverend Cynthia, that people can uh, go visit and, and see and learn more from you? Yes. So there is, I'm doing a workshop on August 27th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The workshop will be on Zoom. And if you can't attend live, there will be a recording that will be sent out the next day. And because of the transformation that I have experienced in my life, based on embodying more of me, um, I want everybody to know about this. So, so I'm sharing the teachings of the energy codes. And I feel like everything I've ever studied at Agape and the energy codes did this, like they got married, right? Yeah. So there's always prayer, there's always meditation. 
there's unconditional love, which is what agape means. Um, and then there are all these practices of embodiment um, and the teachings behind it all. It, it shows us how to view life from a perspective that is empowering, right? It's in it, so there are no problems. There are only solutions that are trying to reveal themselves to us. So when you when you drop into your body and you feel into what's happening from that perspective, that it, this is not a problem, this is actually a solution that's trying to reveal itself to you. And the solution is you. It's like, would you be interested in, in being able to, to have that be your experience? Um, and so people can find me at CynthiaAmbreeze.com. Um, they can also go to my Facebook page and there's a link to register the workshop pinned up at the top of my own Facebook page. Or I don't know if we can pin it to this and I can send it to you, Paula. Yes. Okay. Yes. Send it to us and I will put all the information um, below this video, wherever we're posting this video or the audio, you'll be able to access uh, the links. And the workshop is based is uh, being done on a donation basis because I just want to get this information out. <laughs> Thank you. Right on. That's very generous of you. We appreciate that. So, uh, yeah, we'll share the links. We'll make sure that that our listeners have access to uh, all the many wonderful ways to find you. Because also, I know that you're leading meditation and prayer in Espanol, and you're you're just you're available in a lot of different places on a lot of different networks. So we'll do our best to share that information and, and invite our listeners to to find you. Everywhere, Every, everywhere the God is, Cynthia is. <laughs> so if you look at even that example, right, going from like living like a feral cat that was skittish of all of life to all the ways in which I now get to show up. Uh, it's amazing. Like that's, right, that's the potential through embodiment and prayer and meditation and just realizing <sighs> God. <laughs> what a testimony. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you both so much for, for your sacred yeses. Yes. Right. To becoming practitioners and then now doing the podcast and, and everything else that you do. Thank you so much for letting me be a part of your journey. I love you. I know Paula loves you. We're so love you guys very you. much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Uh, this was an exquisite conversation. Go check the links so that you learn more about Reverend Cynthia. And we will see you in the next episode. Goodbye now. This has been a peace teaching. Thank you for being an active listener in this sacred conversation. We love you. We appreciate you. And we bless your life. Peace be with you.